the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. Today on Ring of Truth with Pastor Dan Sexton. If Jonah is a parable, does that mean that Jesus is talking parabolically about his death and resurrection? If Jonah never happened, does that mean the resurrection never happened? Because Jesus connected Jonah to his death and resurrection, rejecting Jonah as historical creates a real slippery slope for us theologically. Can a man survive three nights in the belly of a whale? Is there any truth to this well-known Bible story? In today's message, Pastor Dan will argue that the story of Jonah not only really occurred, but that it also was representational of the future death and resurrection that Jesus would experience. Jesus himself connected his story to Jonah's, and so doubting the validity of the Jonah story would naturally cause doubt of the resurrection story. Keep listening to hear why you can't believe one without believing the other. Now here's Pastor Dan in the book of Jonah chapter 2 for today's edition of Ring of Truth. chapter 2, Matthew 12. The book of Jonah is really about God and Jonah, and God dealing with Jonah, and Jonah understanding the grace of God. In chapter 1, we saw that God called the prophet Jonah to go to the city of Nineveh to cry out against them because their wickedness had come up before the Lord. Nineveh was an Assyrian city. It later became the capital of Assyria. And the Assyrians were known for their brutality and their evil treatment of the people that they conquered. The Assyrians were a cancer on humanity during that time. Everybody was concerned about the Assyrians. Everybody was afraid of the Assyrians. And Jonah knew that God was so gracious and merciful that if the Assyrians repented at his preaching, that God would forgive them and spare them of judgment. And in Jonah's opinion, the Assyrians did not deserve that opportunity. In Jonah's opinion, they did not deserve mercy. God would be wrong to forgive them. And so Jonah was angry, but he wasn't angry with the Assyrians. He was angry with God for being so gracious and being so merciful. And so instead of going to Nineveh, as God commanded him to do, Jonah went down to the town of Joppa and got on a ship heading towards Tarshish. And Tarshish was the end of the world for Jonah. It was as far as you could go on a ship. Jonah was 
trying to put as many miles between himself and the city of Nineveh because he didn't want to go there. And once Jonah was on a ship headed to Tarshish, God sent a windstorm, a great windstorm, and the ship and the crew were in danger. And Jonah explained to the crew that he was a Hebrew and that he worshiped the Lord Yahweh, who made heaven and the sea, and that it was his God that sent the storm because Jonah was attempting to flee from his God. And the crew asked Jonah, what should we do? And Jonah told the crew members to cast him into the sea and the storm would cease, which the crew members at first didn't do, but eventually they did cast Jonah overboard into the sea. But that was not the end of the story for Jonah. If you look back in chapter 1, verse 17, chapter 1, verse 17, it says, Now the Lord had prepared a great fish to swallow Jonah. And Jonah was in the belly of the fish three days and three nights. Now, that word prepared there, it means to assign, it means to appoint, it means to commission. God appointed this great fish to swallow Jonah to preserve his life. That fish was God's grace. It was not God's judgment. It was God's grace for Jonah. Grace is undeserved kindness. Grace is undeserved blessing from God. And God always deals with us on the basis of grace, not on the basis of our performance, but on the basis of grace. Jonah was disobedient. Jonah was in open rebellion against God. He did not deserve a miracle to save his life, but God miraculously preserved his life by sending a fish. To swallow Jonah. And lucky for Jonah. That that fish did not respond to God. The way that Jonah responded to God. Lucky for Jonah that that fish didn't say no way. And start swimming to Tarshish. The fish was obedient to the Lord. Now critics deny the historical authenticity of the book of Jonah, primarily because of this fish story. And they scoff at a fish swallowing Jonah and Jonah surviving. There are many critics and scholars, notice I use air quotes here, who deny the miraculous, who say That the story of Jonah is just an allegory, it's just a parable, it's folklore, it's fiction, and it's not a historical event that actually happened. And so I want to talk about that for a few minutes. And let me say, first of all, scholars began questioning the historicity of Jonah only about 150 years ago. So for almost 3,000 years... (laughs) the story of Jonah was accepted as historical. And so this rejection of the historicity of Jonah, it's new. It's recent. And it's only since biblical scholarship has become liberal that it's questioned and rejected. Previous to that, its authenticity was never questioned. It was never doubted. Secondly, 
there are rules for interpreting the Bible. Hermeneutics. There are rules for interpreting the Bible. The book of Jonah is written in historical narrative form. It is not written as a parable. Parables do not include specific details like proper names, like the names of people or the names of locations and cities. I'll give you an example that you're familiar with. Uh, The story, the parable of the prodigal son that Jesus told in Luke chapter 15. You know that parable. Jesus began the parable by saying, there was a certain man who had two sons. Not very specific there. And then he goes on, if you know the parable, the son asks for his inheritance. His father gives him his inheritance. And then Jesus says, and the son went to a far country. But we aren't told the father's name. We're not told the names of the two sons. We're not told where they lived. We're not told the name of the far country the son traveled to. Because parables don't typically include details like that because parables are made up stories. The story of Jonah includes several specific details that we saw in chapter one. We're told Jonah's name. His father's name was Amitea. Second Kings chapter 14, verse 25 tells us Jonah lived in Gath Hefer, gives us the name of his town. And it tells us that he lived during the reign of King Jeroboam the second. So it gives us a timestamp on when he lived and ministered as a prophet. He's called not to a city. He's called to Nineveh. He went down to the city of Joppa. He boarded a ship headed for Tarshish. These are real people and real places. All these specific names and locations tell us Jonah is historical. It is written as history. There is no alternative but to understand Jonah as historical. Now, the main argument against the book being historical is this story of Jonah being swallowed by a great fish and surviving. And critics say, that's impossible. So it's got to be fiction. But various writers have documented similar events to Jonah. I think we'd all agree that Princeton University is a prestigious university. And a renowned university. The sign of the prophet Jonah and its modern confirmations. This is published by Princeton University in 1927. The article discusses the feasibility of someone being swallowed by a whale and surviving. It's physically possible. And it documents the account of people who have been swallowed by a whale, including the account of a man on a whaling ship in 1891, who was thrown overboard, swallowed by a whale. Hours later, the whale was caught by whalers, but they didn't know the man was inside the whale. And the man spent part of two days in the belly of the whale before they cut him out of the stomach. And he was still alive. It's Princeton University publishing that stuff. Now, here's another article from last summer. Lobster diver says he was swallowed by a humpback whale near Cape Cod. Now, let me just say right here that we don't know if Jonah was swallowed by a whale or if God prepared a special fish for Jonah. But here's what we can say. 
Jonah was written as a historical narrative. It was not written as a parable or an allegory. So it must be understood as historical. It was accepted as historical for thousands of years until recent history. There's documented evidence of similar events happening in modern history. There's academic articles that have been published demonstrating the validity of the story of Jonah. You're listening to Ring of Truth with Pastor Dan Sexton of Calvary Chapel, Ellicott City, Maryland. We'll return to the second half of today's message in a moment. But first, here's a word from Pastor Dan. It's my privilege to share the Word of God with you through our radio ministry, Ring of Truth. Thank you for tuning in each day. Hey, I would love to hear from you. Will you take a moment to email me to tell me how these daily studies have ministered to you? I want to hear your story. You can email me through our website at calvaryec.com. That's calvaryec.com. Thanks, Pastor Dan. Now let's join him again for the conclusion of today's edition of Ring of Truth. There's even stories as recently as last year of something similar happening. But most importantly for us, most importantly for us is that Jesus referred to the story of Jonah and the great fish as a historical event that actually happened. If Jesus believed the story of Jonah to be true, that should be all the evidence we need as Christians. Right? I mean, who really wants to disagree with Jesus? (laughs) I don't want to disagree with Jesus, especially when it comes to the Bible. So who wants to disagree with him? Jesus refers to the story of Jonah as a historical fact. In Matthew chapter 12, Matthew chapter 16, and Luke chapter 11. And I just want to look at one example together. So let's turn over to Matthew chapter 12, verse 38. It says, Then some of the scribes and Pharisees answered, saying, Teacher, we want to see a sign from you. Now, Jesus has been doing signs nonstop. But the religious leaders come and say, well, we want to see a sign from you. He answered and said to them, an evil and adulterous generation seeks after a sign and no sign will be given to it except the sign of the prophet Jonah. What do you mean? For as Jonah was three days and three nights in the belly of the great fish, so will the son of man be three days and three nights in the heart of of the earth. Jesus, of course, was referring to his death and resurrection. And he compares his death and resurrection to Jonah and the great fish. Just as Jonah was three days and three nights in the belly of the great fish, so will the Son of Man be three days and three nights in the heart of the earth. So the story of Jonah, according to Jesus, it's a picture, it's a type of the death and resurrection of Jesus Christ. And I want you to note here that Jesus, not me, it's Jesus here, is connecting the story of Jonah to his death and resurrection. The most important doctrine of the Christian faith, the resurrection. Understand that if the story of Jonah and the great fish is a fairy tale, and it never happened, that that creates a big problem for us doctrinally. 
as Christians, because that means Jesus tied his death and resurrection to the something that never actually happened. And he's saying something that never actually happened is now the sign of what I'm going to do. Huh? Do you understand? If it's a fairy tale, if it's folklore, if it's a made up fictitious story, well, then that undermines the historicity of the death and resurrection of Jesus Christ. If Jonah is allegory, does that mean the resurrection is allegory? If Jonah is a parable, does that mean that Jesus is talking parabolically about his death and resurrection? If Jonah never happened, does that mean the resurrection never happened? Because Jesus connected Jonah to his death and resurrection. Rejecting Jonah as historical. Creates a real slippery slope for us theologically. And no small matter, we're talking about the death and resurrection of our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. Now, some liberal academics will say, well, Jesus believed the story of Jonah. He believed it was historical because that's what everyone believed at that time. He just didn't know that it was a fairy tale. Wait a minute. Because that creates bigger theological problems for us, doesn't it? Because Jesus is God. Jesus is eternal. That means he existed when Jonah existed and was swallowed by the great fish. And because he's God, he's also all knowing. He's omniscient. So how could he not know that Jonah was a fairy tale? Other academics say, well, Jesus knew the story was a fairy tale, but because the people of that day believed it to be true, he spoke of it as if it were true, but he knew that it wasn't true. Hold on. That means Jesus deceived people. And was dishonest. What else was he dishonest about? What other things did he just kind of go along with? That weren't true. Not to mention he's no longer the sinless sacrifice. If he was dishonest and deceiving. So he can't atone for our sins. If that's true. By the way. Jesus believed all of the Old Testament. Was historical fact. All of it. Jesus. Referred to the creation account. As literal. He referred to it as a six day creation. Jesus believed there was an Adam and an Eve. That they were real people. He talks about Abel of Cain and Abel. He believed Abel was a real person. He spoke of Noah and the flood and the ark. He believed those were real events that actually happened as they're recorded in the Bible. He spoke of Abraham as a real person. He spoke of the judgment of Sodom and Gomorrah as real. He spoke of Lot and Lot's wife as real people. He spoke of the manna from heaven that fed the children of Israel in the wilderness. He spoke of Moses lifting up the serpent in the wilderness. He spoke of the prophet Daniel and the prophet Isaiah. And he spoke of one Daniel and one Isaiah. He quotes from multiple places in the book of Isaiah. And says they were all written by Isaiah. 
And here's the thing. Here's the thing. Listen to me. Jesus tied many of the essential doctrines of the Christian faith to these Old Testament events. Just as he does with Jonah and the death and resurrection. He ties his death on the cross to Moses raising up the serpent in the wilderness. He ties his second coming to Noah and the flood as it was in the days of Noah. He ties it to Sodom and Gomorrah. He ties these essential doctrines of the Christian faith to these Old Testament stories and events that many Christians today say never happened. It's all fairy tale. It's all focused. It's a parable. It's not true. It's not real. It's not historical. It's allegory. And Jesus, by tying all of these core essential Christian doctrines to these events in the Old Testament, well, now they stand together or they fall together. You can't reject one as a fairy tale and believe the other. You can't say, well, I don't really believe the story of Jonah and the fish. I'm sure that's just an allegory. But I believe in the resurrection. No, he tied them together. He doesn't allow us that wiggle room. You know, it's almost as if Jesus knew that in the last days. People would start to scoff at the Bible. And that critics would arise and start dismissing parts of the Bible as just folklore and fairy tale. So he says, okay, well, how about my death and resurrection? How about my crucifixion on the cross? How about my second coming? Now, what do you say? So it's very important. Turn back with me to Jonah chapter 1. Jonah chapter 1, again, verse 17. Now the Lord had prepared a great fish to swallow Jonah, and Jonah was in the belly of the fish three days and three nights. Now, when it says three days and three nights, that expression does not require three full days and three full nights. It's not saying he was in the belly of the fish 72 hours. The expression means any part of a day can count for a whole day. Now, in chapter 2, we have Jonah's prayer from within the belly of the great fish. Look at verse 1. Then Jonah prayed to the Lord, his God, from the fish's belly. And he said, I cried out to the Lord because of my affliction. And he answered me out of the belly of Sheol. I cried and you heard my voice. Now, this is the first time we see Jonah pray. When God called him to go to Nineveh, he didn't pray. When he decided to go down to Joppa, he didn't pray. When he decided to charter that boat, he didn't pray. When he boarded the ship, he didn't pray. When he was in the midst of a terrible storm that was breaking apart the ship, he was asleep. He didn't pray. He didn't pray after telling the crew to cast him overboard. He didn't pray when he was cast overboard. But now he prays. From inside the fish. Finally, Jonah calls upon God. Finally, Jonah has a change of heart. (laughs) Have you noticed in your life how God will use a trial? Put us somewhere where it just brings some contriteness, some humility. Gets us to our knees before the Lord. Jonah here is discovering God's grace and mercy In his own life, he's realizing that that even though he has forsaken God, God hasn't forsaken him. And when Jonah finally prays, God hears his prayer. He asked me how I know, and I say, bring truer than. 
You've been listening to Pastor Dan Sexton on Ring of Truth. Pastor Dan's been teaching through the book of Jonah, found in the Old Testament among the minor prophets. Jonah's tale is well known, mainly for the big fish that swallowed him. But there's plenty of additional lessons to learn from this man and his story. We hope you'll join us next time as Pastor Dan continues to share from this book. Ring of Truth is a ministry out of Calvary Chapel, Ellicott City. If you're in the Columbia, Maryland area, come see us. We'd be honored to have you join us for worship, fellowship, and time studying God's Word. When you visit, be sure to let us know you've been listening to Ring of Truth. We are currently meeting on Sunday mornings at 8.30 a.m., 10.30 a.m., and 12.30 p.m. Or join us on Thursdays at 7 p.m. for a midweek time to reconnect and study the Bible together. You can find our location and more information about Calvary Chapel, Ellicott City, on our website, calvaryec.com. If you're not in the area, you can watch online. You'll also find more teachings from this series and others Pastor Dan has shared on our site. And you can find a link to connect through Facebook. Once again, that website is calvaryec.com. We've come to the end of our time for today, but we encourage you to continue reading through the book of Jonah. And then join us again next time for another edition of Ring of Truth. I see the signs and I recognize the hands that craft and am well, I know because I know His voice and it only takes General Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal records to the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn. Deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com. salemnow.com.